0: I'm an American. Ready.
1: Welcome to the Liberty Moms Show. Christine hosting today, and uh, Liberty Moms are the real line of defense more than ever. We are the secretaries of defense for our children, our families, and our communities. And more than ever, Liberty Moms and Dads really, really have to be engaged in what's happening in their communities. And I've got, um, I've got good news. I've got someone as my guest that I'm excited to bring on, who is really doing a great job in um, helping Liberty Moms and Dads get equipped with what is happening in their schools. And then the bad news is the legislative session is going on. And if you have not gotten engaged yet with what bills are coming up and what they're trying to pass, or there are some good bills that they're not looking to try to pass, um, we really need your help. You have to get engaged. And I don't care what state that you live in. We're in Utah, but It's happening across the nation. You have to get engaged. And so I am very excited to bring on my guest here. Natalie Klein is a member of the state school board, recently elected in November of 2020. So she's brand spanking new as of January, getting sworn in to her duties. And already it has been a rough and bumpy ride, Natalie. And uh, Mm -hmm. I want to let you tell our Um, I know what it's about, the context, but I'm not really sure how all of a sudden you kind of got in the crosshairs and really got some things stirred up. So if you could share um, what happened just in the last couple of weeks.
2: Oh, sure. Um, You know, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I'm not exactly sure how it all happened. Um, I ran a very open campaign and it has to do with my campaign Facebook page. Right where I posted things all year last year, um, things that are concerned to me, things that are coming, that are in our schools or that are making their way to our schools, um, that are in throughout the nation, um, and I I posted them just you know the content that these groups put out, the curriculum that they put out, you know in their own words, um, just to give people a heads up and let them know what I stand for and what I don't, and and that being that it's ultimately it's the parents right to choose what's okay and not okay for their child in the school, Um, especially when it comes to controversial issues, um, social, political, sexual, um, that those things are the realm of the home, right? That those things need to be stay out of the classroom and the classroom needs to focus on neutral academics um, without the bias of the teacher. Um, So I, I posted those all year long, um, everybody knew where I stood, and and I guess it, it wasn't until after I was sworn in that um, somebody um, from the other side decided, found it, or decided to make a big issue of it, um, and made a, a petition to have me removed, um, saying that the posts were racist, and bigoted, and transphobic, and, um, and the like. So, I, I didn't really give much comment on the posts, and mostly just posted their own materials, um, other than to say, um, you know, to identify as indoctrination. And apparently that, that word set them off. Um, so, um, and, and, then just by the, by the thousands they descended upon that Facebook page, um, and just started bombarding it, which it had been pretty much, uh, dormant since the end of the election. Um, so all of a sudden it's just blown up and, and anybody's welcome to go there and see for themselves the, the kind of comments that um, these people are making um, and and it's ironic that they call me hateful and bigoted and racist and all of these things when when if you look at their own language and the things the horrible things that they're saying um, it, it's more of a projection of, of what they are doing and i don't believe that those um by and large those comments are coming from people in my district um, I received, you know, 80,000 plus votes in the election compared to my opponent who received 30,000. Um, and, and the amount of, well, when that petition was created to try and have me removed, um, somebody started a counter petition and, and, and they start, people started writing letters um, to the board asking them to keep me on and, or, work, you know, there was some against also, but I am I'm still trying to weed through that inbox. It's just so I can find my regular emails for board business. And uh, it's like looking for a needle in a haystack because there are just, I mean, there's well over, you know, there's around 1500 at least that just, I just that filled my inbox and all the other board members and, and the vast majority of them are in, in favor of, those principles well, which I
1: stand for. Well, that is encouraging to hear. And yeah. Natalie, I tell you, I would, you would be a dream um, school board representative for me, because here you are, you are educating the constituents on what is happening in the classroom, what is trying to be taught, whether it's um, uh, through the regular curriculum channels or not. and. And that um, neutral education, neutral academics is what we all want. We don't want the bias of any teacher influencing or pressuring or swaying our students. And because of that, and you, and the word indoctrination, which is, you know, you see it happening all the time with these, um, whether it's on climate, whether it's on um, social justice, on um, gender equality, um, the new one is systemic, racial issue. All of this yeah. its social engineering that they're trying to infiltrate. They've done it for a long time in higher education, and now there's just a full court press to get this into our classroom with our little first graders on up.
2: Yeah, well, I think it's really interesting because – um, you know, anybody that I, my personal page used to be public and, and I only made it private when all of this started happening. So a lot of people saw what I had on there, too. And I'm you know, I am a strong member of my faith um, and I don't hide that either. Um, but because of that, they they're trying to say that I'm going to be pushing my faith in the classroom. I don't believe I don't think that that's right either. I don't think that any religion, whether it's secular or religious, should be pushed in the classroom. Um, and and there's, um, it seems to be very much like a religion. Like I, you know, I receive emails telling me that I need to unlearn what I've been taught, and I need to repent and of these things, these unconscious biases and things that I have. Um, where they're they're actually asking me to convert and repent and go kind of through a, I don't know, a, a baptismal process. Re-indoctrination. To, to their, that's indoctrination, right? Whether it goes mm-hmm. one way or the other, um, they would be furious if we were, you know, they, they already took prayer and everything else out of schools, and, and yet now they're trying to push their own dogma. And, and it, we really, if we're going to have a civil society, Um, that doesn't destroy itself, we have to keep those things out of the classroom because um, it's not fair for one side or the other to, to be pushing that. That's again, belongs to the parents to decide um, how they want to teach those things in the home.
1: Well, I appreciate your efforts in trying to hold off the, um, the attack and it's good to know that there were people, a large majority of people were there to, um, uh, they have your back, so to speak. But but the thing is, this is what makes me um, what I'm seeing happening is there's a process for things to happen. And mm-hmm. um, you recently were running for office. Anybody can run against you. That seat was an open seat. Anybody could apply applied and ran. You had um, one individual, right? Mm-hmm. But that's the process. We have a republic, but we've got a group a large group percentage of people who hear the word democracy all the time and so they think that all they have to do is we just respond with the petition if we get five thousand right. then we win and you right. lose. we get to tell you what to do and yeah. our it doesn't work that way
2: well and that's why i called it the mob because that's a mob mentality where whoever has the loudest voice gets their way and that's not how our our representative republic works So a a petition doesn't do anything in in Utah. Um, There's a process. There's laws on the books that have to be um, looked at to see, you know, if a person can be removed. And that, I mean, nothing short of me committing a a felony would would do that. So um, they were just hoping to create the pressure.
1: Right. So, well, we've got more to talk about with um, Natalie about what's going on with um, the school board. And so we've got just a quick break that we have to take so that we can um, pay for our time here on the air. So stay with us. We'll be back here on the Liberty Mom Show in just a minute.
3: some great news if you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance or more importantly if you sign up for a plan that you're just not happy with you still have a choice it's called MediShare and MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing program it's been around for 25 years they have more than 400,000 members now around the country and get this over the years MediShare members have shared more than 2 billion dollars of each other's medical bills so they could help share your needs too and best of all You could save a lot of money with MediShare. The typical savings for a family is around 500 bucks a month. Your savings could be more or less, but think about what you could do with that extra money every month. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. You can join MediShare anytime, so call them today and check it out. There's no pressure. They're super easy to talk to. 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE.
0: Mounds
4: and mounds of fur.
0: Our hairballs have hairballs. My cat Mama, she's 10
4: years old. She has dandruff and an oily coat.
0: I have two cats, Dixie and Daisy. Daisy sheds like crazy. If you love your pets as much as I do, you'll want to do what's best for them to live long, healthy, happy lives.
4: even switch one little thing, they put their nose up to it. There
0: was not one problem. Dynavite for life. You won't believe how happy your cat will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Hi, I'm Wade Allen Root. Recently, John and Chelsea Jubilee with Energized Health were guests on my show, sharing their breakthrough science of intercellular hydration. The results? People lose fat fast while still being able to eat many of the foods they love. You can, too. Plus, supercharge your energy, boost your immune system, and dramatically increase your brain function. You'll look and feel years younger. It's all simple and natural without painful exercise. How do I know? Because I'm about a third of the way through my 88 days on the program, and I've already lost 25 pounds of fat. I'm now getting hydrated at the cellular level. But don't just take my word for it. Go to EnergizedHealth.com and check out hundreds of amazing testimonials. Right now, for the first time ever, Energized Health is offering a buy one, get one free special. Take advantage of this life-changing opportunity for you and someone you love. Buy one, get one free. Call 888-444-8895. That's 888-444-8895. Or go to EnergizedHealth.com. Two for one. That's EnergizedHealth.com.
1: All right, welcome back. Chris Kimball here hosting the Liberty Mom Show. I've got Natalie Klein, state school board member, joining me today. And we're talking about uh, some of the um, uh, crosshairs that she's been in recently with uh, the attack from what she called the mob, which is what I would identify it as well, um, the mob mentality. And it seemed like they're triggered about indoctrination, but there's a a, – we've had a problem that's been uh, exposed with um, the last administration where we have a thing called critical race theory that's being taught and it's being taught in government. Okay. At at different levels of government at the federal level. But now we're starting to see that that wants to be crept into the classroom. And it's, it's uh, loosely it's based on uh, there's been systemic racism and, all white people are bad because we have um, white um, what's the word? <laughs> Why is it leaving me? Privilege. We have white privilege. And so the fact that um, we've just had everything handed to us on a silver platter, I that didn't happen to me. But did that happen to you? Everything? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't I don't know anybody or very, very few people that have that that narrative fits. Um, every one of us has had to work hard just like anybody else. If they want to be mm-hmm. successful, it, there's work involved with that unless unless you're you know doing it unethically.
1: <laughs> right. Well, and it, it almost is like an attack on the uh, the whole American dream because that's what that's what people wanted was the idea that if I go to America, I can start my own business. I can, I can dream and decide to do whatever I want because everywhere else you're going to work really, really hard, but you don't get anything for that work. You usually make the right. else rich. And here in America, there's nothing wrong with hard work. There's nothing wrong with giving it your all and building something that you um, create out of your work and out of your, um, your ideas and your resources. and, you create your own dream or your own business or whatever you, it is you want to do.
2: Right. there, You know, in, in America, the, uh, the ideal is that everybody has equal opportunity. And um, that's being twisted to mean, you know, they're using the word equity to push the idea that um, there should be equal outcomes, which is an impossibility because we are, you know that that's assuming that we all have the same amount of motivation and desire, and incentive to to work at the same level, and and that in, the incentive to work comes from being able to keep the fruits of your labor, and and the more that that's taken away from us through taxes and and other means, in this redistribution of wealth, the more we. The the less incentive we have to work hard, and the more entitled we become, and we start and we start making demands that we deserve as much as this person, and and that that never that's never going to turn out well. It will only bring us all down to that lowest common denominator.
1: So, Natalie, are you seeing that some of these, um, you know, it's almost like they've been educated to actually not like
2: america like well okay so i had i had one i have parents contact me every day with examples of what is happening in the school it's i mean i knew it before but now that i'm actually a board member people are sending me stuff regularly and one there was a little boy for for columbus day his teacher gave him worksheets um that were very leading about um how terrible columbus was right and and the father had you know he had studied all of this original source documents and um, columbus's own writings that were just beautiful and inspiring and you and you could just you know that he was led by god um and and you, if you read the original sources you realize that you know the things that they tell the kids nowadays about him just aren't true um, that they're leaving out a lot of the story to to push a certain narrative and this the dad realized something was wrong with when these worksheets came home and he asked his son, well, what do you think about Columbus? And the little six-year-old says, I hate him. I hate him. And um, that, that was the beginning of a journey for that family. And that's sadly, that's how most families are. It has something like that has to happen before the family wakes up and realizes, whoa, whoa, something is wrong here. And we've got to figure out what it is. And where you actually, you know, from the the Utah Pride Center educator conference that was back on January 23rd, one of the presentations, they actually, they kept talking about um, educators, how they need to help the children unlearn these things that they've learned. And and tell the kids, you have a lot to unlearn, right? So they're intentionally trying to change the um, narrative, um, teach them, kids a totally different narrative and get them to change their values, attitudes, and beliefs.
1: I recall being at a conference where they talked about Horace Mann and John Dewey, who are two individuals that are held in high esteem in academia. And they were under the same uh, lead that if a child has been grown, has been raised in a Christian family, learning about God and religion, and they've been indoctrinated in a bad way and that they need to be, they need to unlearn uh, everything they've been taught from home.
2: And this and this speaks to a completely different mindset that the different sides have. One believes that the child belongs to the state. The other believes that that child belongs to the parents. And, and that's where um, we have, I think, a huge divide that is going to be really hard to ever come to an agreement on. Um, because it the implications of that are so drastically different. They take you in exactly the opposite direction, right? And so we're going to continue to have this conflict unless we can agree that certain things don't belong in the classroom and that the only values teaching that happens in the classroom, it would be nice to teach the kids a whole lot more about values, in my opinion, but if we're going to land on solid ground where we can come together in spite of our intense differences, the only solid ground that I can – that I can come to is that we teach children to treat each other the way they want to be treated period that we res- that we respect and treat everybody the same way we would want to be treated, not differently or extra special because they belong to a certain identity group or, or whatever, but the same, um, you know, I, same think that,
1: I think they call that the golden rule.
2: Well, and yes. I, and that's what I said when I was running, and now they're saying that I should be removed because that's a, you know, that's mixing church and state, right? But uh-huh. I don't think they ever say golden rule in the Bible. That they is just it. a universal principle. It's a, a universal, universal standard. principle. And if we want to, if we want to be able to live out our um, nation's motto of E Pluribus Unum, out of many one, you know, to be able in enjoy and appreciate the diversity among us and yet still have unity that's the only way it's going to happen
1: it's true i agree with you natalie um we we really are getting to a, a point where there's there's got to be a head that we we get to and this has to be decided and i want liberty moms and dads that are listening to to realize that the courts have already weighed in that once your child gets dropped off in public school Public school has dominion over your child. That's already happened in court cases in other states, and so they will fall on that. And so if you really want to be in charge and making sure that your child gets the same values that you respect and want them to learn, you're going to have to get more engaged in their education, whether that's finding the right private school or homeschool environment that you can educate the child or be part of a co-op. We just have a few minutes left, but what do you think about that, Natalie? Isn't that kind of an option?
2: Oh, absolutely. I I mean, the only solution to this is parents. They are the answer, and too long we've been waiting for somebody else to solve the problem. I, at the State Board, can't solve the problem. It has to be the parents.
1: You're helping, but you can't do the problem-solving. All right, we're taking off here. Quick break. We'll return with Natalie Klein here on the Liberty Mom Show. back it's the liberty mom show chris kimball is hosting today liberty moms are the real secretaries of defense when it comes to their children their families and their communities and liberty moms now more than ever have to be stepping up to the plate Uh, at the end of the last break my guest natalie klein we were discussing how Parents have to be really actively involved in education now. There's none of this, oh, it's my neighborhood school. I trust them. The teacher's nice. We can't do that anymore, right?
2: Right, right. There's, there's too much going on that parents and, are, but it's being absolutely hidden from parents.
1: And we, we touched on a little bit about critical race theory, but really not what it encompasses. So if you can share with our listeners what that looks like.
2: Um, Sure. So um, we've never as a state or as a state board passed um, any rule or legislation adopting critical race theory. Um, And a lot of people are, I think, are under that impression. Um, But there is an access committee, which is like an equity committee that advises the state board. And they've been working on a lot of um, language that they want inserted, and it all is copy-paste from critical race theory um, papers and books and and the like. So um, whether they call it critical race theory or not, it's the same thing because it's all the same jargon, same definitions. They just took the label off. So um, as far as what's happening in individual schools, um, it's getting in – regardless of what we're doing, because those that are pushing that push this agenda are going straight to the local level. Um, And they have, you know, you've got your, you've got a lot of great teachers and administrators in our schools. But there are also a lot of activists that have found their ways into the schools that are pushing this everywhere they can and and through equity teams um, that are there to, to push the idea of inclusivity, diversity, equity, which, you know, those all sound nice. But it's not what it sounds like. Um, the equity teams are bullying the administrators into um, bringing, in doct- bringing controversial concepts and teachings into the classroom under the guise of inclusivity, saying that they want all children to feel welcome and included. And what they mean is the, the kids that are they call minoritized or marginalized. So people of different color, people um, that belong to the LGBTQ community. Um, And so they want to focus their teachings on those subjects in order to make those few kids feel welcome. And in the process, they make all the other kids feel marginalized and excluded. And so any time that you focus on one group to try and make them feel special, you are automatically excluding the other. So, there, it's the reverse is happening, and and the majority population in this in our state does not feel safe or welcomed or included in these classroom environments that become very tense and uncomfortable.
1: Well, it's it's teaching children at a very young age to start judging each other by how they look. Yes, and that's critical race theory.
2: Right. It's meant to divide, not to unite. Right. And so there's no solution. I mean, they, they say there's this huge problem. So we have to have equity teams to go out and find the problems and to report, you know, instances of racism and, and whatever. But all it will serve to do is stir up more in order to justify those positions existing in the first place. Um, It doesn't do anything to solve it. And if you ask them, what's the solution? There is no solution other than to create a police state so that everybody begins to silence themselves.
1: So I'm worried about that because Natalie, you're already talking about in your, in the state board of education world, you already have an equity committee. It's called the access committee. Yeah. The access. And it's,
2: and it's made up of it's ACEES and it's an acronym for, you know, equity of whatever. One of the E's is equity. I can't remember the whole name, but it's, it's a board that represents all the supposedly marginalized or underrepresented populations in our state. So you've got, you know, Asian and and Black and um, Pacific Islanders and LGBTQ and you know, there's an, I don't think there's any white Christians on there though.
1: Yeah. No, they would not be part of that. Well, you know what? May, what? What concerns me is to this morning. I was listening to the committee hearing on HB two eighty three, which is wanting to form a committee to oversee law enforcement and the interaction with law enforcement in the community. And the main the main force of the bill is this whole idea of um, systemic racism because of inequity and um, and and racial disorder. So it, again, it's the same concept, but not right. infiltrated and used in the to hinder the police force.
2: Right, right. So the governor's creating one. They've already got an equity director for the state. The state board just hired an equity director. Schools across the state are, are hiring equity directors and, and setting up equity councils um, everywhere you look. They're popping up so fast that you go, wait a minute, you know, and each one will tell you that they did it organically, right, that they came up with this on their own, and yet it's happening all at the same time everywhere you look, including in our police departments and and, um, in the corporate world. You know, adults are having to go through these training sessions to help them unlearn their unconscious biases, right? This is is a systemic problem um, that they are saying, you know, has to be implemented in order to deal with systemic racism right but when they say when they say systemic is um or when they say racism is a systemic problem instead of an individual problem what they're saying is that there is no one we can come down on the the only way to solve systemic racism is to tear down the whole system and that's what these equity teams are going to do is tear it all down
1: That's what social Marxism
2: is. Yeah. Yep. In my mind, it's institutionalizing communism, right, in our own backyard.
1: You bring that up, and this morning, one of the uh, uh, witnesses that were, well, one of the public um, commenters brought up a book that Cleon Skousen wrote, and it totally laid out how to, the communism effect is to set up these committees, and they start to neuter what these law enforcement and what different agencies are trying to do. So you are elected by citizens, but yet you're going to have this equity committee access that will actually control more of what you're doing than we the elected people.
2: Right, and there's a perfect example of this in Murray. In the Murray City School District, they created um, they created a an internal memorandum that they sent out to all of their personnel in August after all the crazy summer with the riots and the election and everything, to draw a line and say what is okay and what is not okay in the classroom, to keep it politically neutral. Um, And and they cited Utah law all throughout it. It was a wonderful document. Two days later, they sent out a follow-up version of that saying that, um, having cut it down significantly, where there was only a few mentions of the law and all of the explanations about Um, what kind of stuff needs to be left out of the classroom was taken out. Um, And then in November, they sent out a third version that was completely stripped of any Utah law and completely, it was a complete reversal saying, we, um, we um, embrace black lives. We support this. We support that all of these different political, social movements. They were, they were just stating their, Acceptance of it all, basically giving, opening the doors wide to bring any and all um, indoctrination or controversial issues into the classroom. And when doing the research, the parents found out that that happened because this new equity council was created. And the equity council said that their first memorandum, that the district's first memorandum was not inclusive enough. And so they bullied. So these, so administrators are being bullied into going against Utah law. So, and and it's all under the name of equity. So equity now seems to be reigning supreme and Trump's law. That's a problem. That's a really big problem.
1: It's a huge problem. And oh my goodness, Natalie, we're going to have to bring you back again. We've got so much more that we could discuss. Um, But I want to thank you for your service and for being willing to um, I bet you had no idea that you'd be jumping into the frame <laughs> <Yeah>, in <no. laughs> a matter of like four weeks, you know. Um, but please keep us in get informed and let parents know what we can do. It's important to know who your state school board member is and who would they, how would they find out who their state school board member is?
2: Uh, you could just Google Utah State Board of Education members and and you'll find them all there. It's a matter of you can put in your address will tell you what district you're in, and then you can see which one of the 15 is yours.
1: Well, thank you again, Natalie. And and Liberty Mom and Dads out there, you've got to be really making some hard choices about your school, children's education um, future because it doesn't look bright in the public school system at this time. Yeah. So um, anyway, thank you if again, you need, Natalie. You bet. If, if
2: they need more information, have them send me their email. Um, I've I've got some information that I'm sending out to parents, what you can do.
1: Great. All right. Thanks again. We'll be back. Thanks for having me. You bet on the Liberty Mom Show.
0: I'm Wayne Alaroot, and I am Mr. Exercise. I've worked out one to two hours a day in my home gym every day for decades. That's how much I believe in exercise. But now it turns out I could have saved thousands of hours and used those extra hours for making money or enjoying my family simply by using the brand new X3. The X3 is a compact, premium, home exercise product that uses variable resistance, which 16 different research studies show is more effective than free weights for building speed, strength, muscle, and avoiding injury. And it only takes 10 minutes a day. The X3 was invented by best-selling author Dr. John Jackwish, well-known for inventing a medical device that reverses osteoporosis. The X3 is portable and easily stored. X3 is used by dozens of professional athletes, including NFL and NBA players, to replace weightlifting. Get your x3 today go to x3bar.com get your promo code war and save $75 that's x3bar.com x3bar.com
1: mounds and mounds of fur
4: our hairballs have hairballs our cat mama she's 10 years old she has dandruff and an oily coat
1: i have two cats bp and daisy daisy sheds like crazy if you love your pets as much
4: as i do you want to do what's best for them to live long healthy happy lives
2: to switch
4: one little thing they put their nose up to it there was not one problem
0: Dynavite for life you won't believe how happy your cat will be
1: D I N O V I T E . c o m totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining and bloating again and again. No way.
5: You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC. Linzess or linacletide is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6 and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel Blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Lenzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor today. You may be able to save on Lins S and make fewer trips to the pharmacy. See if you're eligible to pay as little as $30 for 90 days. Visit lenzes.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by AbbVie and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals.
1: Welcome back to the Liberty Mom Show. Chris Kimball is hosting today, and we're shifting gears and talking about another important issue in um, that's going on in our Utah legislature, and we've got um, Mary joining us from Pro-Life Utah. I think I said it right, right?
4: You did, yes.
1: <laughs> and she's the president of Pro-Life Utah, and uh, they have um, been working on a couple of bills in the legislature, going through the legislature, but it sounds like some of them have been kind of put on hold a little bit. Well,
4: pretty much everything, yes. Um, we have not, our, our most important, well, I won't say most important bill, um, but we've had both bills in rules since about January 27th with no movement whatsoever. Um, we've put out a campaign to you know, try to urge our legislators to get that going, and that's uh, so far. Not met with any success,
1: and they're not—they're not even the the controversial. We had no, no. weeks um, ago, and it, they're kind it, of like cleanup.
4: Exactly, exactly. The one bill um, is not an an anti-abortion bill as much as just an informed consent bill. So it assures that women get are fully informed. They get all the information they need before making that decision. Now. The consequence of that is it is that really does save babies' lives, um, but but it is not a block to abortion access whatsoever, and that that one is stuck; <laughs> it is not going anywhere.
1: You know that's just hard to understand because why would why would our lawmakers be opposed to? having a woman have all of the information before she makes that big of a decision. I mean, something that is consequential to life.
4: Most definitely. I, I think that the um, pro abortion side is very much against this type of legislation, just for the reason that I, that I mentioned, it does save babies lives. It does change a woman's mind and it affects their bottom line. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, so whenever these bills come up, legislators are slammed by the pro-abortion movement. Um, and they, you know, I know it takes a lot of their bandwidth and I know it takes a lot of energy. I know they get some pretty awful, vile messages. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I just have to remind them that just a few blocks down the road from the Capitol, little babies are dying really horrific and brutal deaths every day of the week. So you know, them being called a, a bad name pales in comparison to that.
1: Right, right. It. Uh, um, do you? Uh, what What can our listeners do? What can we do to help? Sure. So um, we need we need you to
4: contact the members of the rules committee and the members of House leadership to urge them to get that bill out. And we really are running out of time. Uh, we are about halfway through the legislative session already. And so if we don't get some movement really, really soon, this bill is going to die. Uh, the easiest way to do that is to go to our Facebook page. And right at the top is pinned to post. And I'll just even show you what it looks like. So, oh, can you see that? No. Can it's you see that? Bit.
1: Oh, there it is. Call okay.
4: So look yeah. for that. It's a real, real simple oh, little post. Tough. And on that post, there is a link to our email tool. Now, our email tool is fantastic because depending on the parameters that you put in, your um, zip code, the bill number, things like that, it will send your message to the relevant legislators. So you're not sending to people that, uh, that are not the correct legislators. So that's the easiest way, um, and if you want to have access to this kind of thing all the time, I w- just a little plug, I would text live to the phone number 385-200-9929, and then whenever these types of things are going on, um, we will text you that link, and you can just pop on there, send your message to your legislator, and it really, really helps. In the past, it's been very, very effective, so we're kind of stumped this time as to why we're not getting any movement yet, Um, but we hope that that changes really quickly. Well, repeat that number again. It was 385-200-9929, and then just text the word LIFE.
1: All right, because I want to make sure I put that in the show notes as well. Thank you. Thank you. you. Look, they have that number. Yeah. So um, a lot of times we just need to give them encouragement. They, unfortunately, and I'm I've seen this in a couple of the committees where um, the other side is really engaged.
4: Yes, they are. They are.
1: I've been in a couple committee hearings where we just got mowed over because they had so many people engaged in the fight, and we have to get we have to step up. We really do because and it's hard because we're busy doing. Um, with our families and working and, and, uh, you know, we're engaged in good things, but we've got to allow time for this because um, the other side, it makes, it's their priority.
4: Right. And many of the people that show up in opposition to these bills, they're they're on the payroll, right? They're there. It's part mm-hmm. of their workday. For us, we it's have better. to take time away from what, what we need to be doing to go there and to be heard. But, boy, I'll tell you, I can't think of anything more important.
1: And I want our listeners to know that Pro-Life Utah is a volunteer organization. You would be ha- thrilled to have people that would help your organization as well as donate
4: Yes. Yes. We and not only do we work on legislation, we actually are um, our, maybe our most important mission is to offer women whatever assistance and help, financial help, help with baby supplies, things like that that they might need. Uh, you know, women don't usually end up at an abortion clinic unless there are factors in their life that, that they feel like they cannot overcome, and so uh, our, our very favorite thing to do is help a woman make a different choice by giving her resources and, and different options.
1: Well, I appreciate all the work that you do at Pro-Life Utah, and um, do we have any bill numbers that we should let them know of, or is it just better to got, contact Pro-Life Utah in particular?
4: Well, so this this bill that I've been talking about is HB uh, 253, and um, like I said, the easiest way, because then you don't have to go to the legislature website and weed through all of the different legislat- legislators that need to be contacted. This will just pull them up for you. Um, the other bill that we're watching is a fetal remains bill. You might have remembered last year there was some legislation about fetal remains, and there's a little loophole in that, and it needs um, to, to be closed. I believe the bill number is HB 231, um, but it's called fetal remains, or fetal, um, so you'll, you'll, you'll catch it when you see it. So yeah. keep an eye out for that one, too. That one, again, is also not had any movement in, in weeks.
1: Well gosh, we want to um, get our listening audience engaged because the more numbers the better on these sort of things they have to hear from us and exactly. it's so simple by just contacting pro-life Utah. and that's on Facebook.
4: That's on our Facebook page, yes. And yeah. like I said, if you sign up for that text alert, you'll get it straight to your phone every time.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, Mary, I appreciate you coming on and um, sharing with us what you have to um, help us to help you right now, because we want to make sure we can do whatever we can to hinder the abortion process.
4: We sure appreciate that. Thank you yeah, so much.
1: You bet. We'll talk to you again. Thank okay. you John All right. Well, we, um, we're wrapping up. I just want to let our listeners know that. There's a lot happening in this legislative process, and um, I've listened to quite a few committee hearings I'm helping with. um, uh, It takes a lot of people. When you you have maybe 1,200 bills that go through a session, and just today, the bill that I was particularly listening to had this language that is showing up in all these committees in education, In the governor's office, they're trying to get this language of um, systemic racism, inequity into our code, and that is something that we need to be really alarmed with. And so um, there's a lot of ways for you to be engaged, but the most important thing is to find out who is your representative. You can do that by going to le.utah.gov. That's the state legislative website, le.utah.gov. Scroll all the way to the bottom and put in your address, and that will pop up who your representative is in the House and who your representative is in the Senate. Put that contact information in your phone, and then they are there. That's there for you to contact on any bill at any time. So be engaged. That's part of being a Liberty Mom is we have to really be aware of what's going on so thank you for listening in um there's uh lots to be done right now during the legislative session and we appreciate that you would take time to listen to the liberty mom show and we look forward to hearing you listening in with you again next week